Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Arguments with Group Chats. I'm your host, Chance, and with me again is my brother, Curtis. Hello. Uh, tonight, we're going to be taking a little bit of a deep dive into the Nets superstar era that wasn't. Um, you know, we had uh, we had KD, Kyrie, and for a very short time, James Harden. Um, and... It, it really needs – I think it needs to be a little bit looked into here. Um, you know, the Nets, no stranger to big threes. Um, early 2000s with the uh, Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, uh, Kenyon Martin teams, you know, multiple trips to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and, you know, later on picking up Vince Carter. Um, and then, you know, later on the, the worst trade in NBA history – that led to all of, I think, two years, but at least, I mean, a conference finals appearance. Um, conference semifinals. Oh, conference semis. I'm sorry. That's all they got to. That's yeah. all they got to. The, the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, uh, uh, Devin, Willi- Devin Williams? Darren Williams? Darren, Darren Williams. Era, uh, with also a splash of Joe Johnson in there. So, um, but first of all, let's, let's kind of talk about these three most recent superstars individually right so i mean katie when the katie sign and trade from golden state happened like it almost didn't feel real like we were really excited you know it was katie and Kyrie coming it was like awesome and we're like well what does this mean for the rest of the roster because these guys are both getting max contracts we had a lot of young players who were going to be due for extensions in the near future like what does this mean you know and it and it kind of singled signaled into being um, the Nets weren't really like the homegrown team that we had really started to to enjoy watching and kind of fall in love with these players. You know, your Karis LeVert, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie resurrected his career in Brooklyn. Um, uh, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell, same thing. Um, who also who also uh, resurrected his his career after getting traded from the Lakers. Yeah, like it just wasn't working out in L.A. and he had resurrected his career there. Spencer Dinwiddie became a, a contributing player. Uh, you know, now back with the Nets, uh, still a contributor. So, uh, but when that happened, when it was like KD and Kyrie are coming, it's like, this is awesome. It's great. It's great. It's great. Uh, but you kind of end up looking at it like, is it that great? Like, like I wasn't excited as excited about it as I thought I would be when it happened. You know what I mean? They, they bring the, they bring the star power and, uh, the eyes and the voices that everybody's talking, uh, talking about the Nets and that that gave them a little bit even more relevance than they had when, uh, they brought Darren Williams and the Joe Johnsons in. Uh, you know, it, it kind of they opened Barkley Center with a splash, but they never really amounted to a lot. So they still were playing second fiddle to the Knicks. And then uh, you get two of the best players in the game, uh, Kyrie and KD, and, and you think that great things are coming your way. And and as a as a little side note here, I think like granted, you don't get KD without Kyrie in that in that off season. It doesn't happen, but. If the Nets only acquired KD, I, I think this whole the, this whole last three or four years is entirely different. You have another year where they're building, you know, building the young guys with him being off, which you know, great. Um, you only have one max max contract to contend with. Um, you don't have the Kyrie off court issues that have followed him everywhere because that's who he is as a player. Um, but I, I think if if in the perfect world, the Nets just land KD that offseason and Kyrie goes and does whatever the hell he wants to do, 
you know? Yeah, but I think it was actually uh, Kyrie that said, "Hey, let's go to let's go to Brooklyn and uh, you know put them on the map. Let's 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 not go to a, a Boston or a Philly or a, a New York Knicks and where they've already had a history of say winning or have a championship. Brooklyn has nothing. They have ABA championships they, when they were in New Jersey. So I think the the big thing there was Kyrie was selling KD on let's go to New York City. Yeah. And, and the one thing I will say is I think both of those guys came here with the best of intent. Otherwise, they wouldn't have come here. You know what I mean? Yeah, they wanted to do it together. At that time, I, there was multiple big big twos getting together. You know, there was there was the uh, the Jalen Brown, Tatum. I mean, they were homegrown. But then you had the LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, where else did you have a big two? Um, uh, the Clippers in the same arena. Oh, yeah, had, uh, the, Kawhi the and Paul. Yep. Yeah, there was a, a couple big twos that were kind of competing, and everybody's like, "Hey, this is the new this is the new trend." You get two superstars together and then build around them. Uh, it just didn't it just didn't work out because um, guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, who are, are ball uh, they need their ball handlers, they need the ball in their hand. Um, then you got Kyrie, who who wants the ball in his hand, and you got KD, who wants the ball in his hand. So like it kind of squeezed him out, and that's why why where he ended up leaving. So some of the players like that. Um, you know, just didn't fit with with the type of mold they were trying to create. And I agree with that. Uh, I think the ideal situation for a team like for for those two to come into would be a team with without a ball handler and with a couple guys who can score, but no real alpha guy to score. And and the Nets, the thing is, they had a ball handler, they had some guys who could score, but I think it was really too many, and it ended up kind of hurting some guys' careers a little bit. Um, but uh, you know. But back to it, it really stopped feeling like the culture nets, the homegrown nets that we had really grown to love in the years post, um, you know, post Kev, uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. Yeah, that's that's out of backaways, and they were definitely looking pretty ugly uh, on the court. Um, they they weren't winning many games because of all the the first rounders they gave away. Um, Sean Marks did a great job to put that team back together to get the D'Lo, uh, D'Angelo Russell, to um, get Spencer Dinwiddie in the backcourt with him. They got Jared Allen, who ended up becoming a star, um, rim protector. Um, that, that, that's one of the big things, too, when, when those guys came, um, is that they had a lot of pieces around them to become a complete team. You had the Karis LeVert. You had Allen. You had... Um, I'm trying to think who else they had around them. I mean, they still had Joe Harris, sharpshooter. Um, so they had pieces. And, and, and there were pieces. Yeah. Oddly enough for me, um, it really stopped feeling like our nets when the Harden trade happened. You lost in that trade, Karis LeVert and Jared Allen um, when we picked him up, plus all the, the picks to um, – Torian Prince, I think they traded away too. I mean, Torian Prince needed to go anyway. Uh, yeah. He never performed how the numbers said he should have in Brooklyn. So, um, but yeah, when we got Harden, it really, really stopped feeling like our Nets. You know, that was when we had Blake, Blake Griffin, Lamar, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, and like I liked Aldridge as a player, um, but like when the whole squad of guys that we were here for, right? You know, Karis, D'Lo, uh, Jared Allen. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, they had no. they had um they had Alan Crabb, they had um Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who was a guy that we drafted. Yes. Um you know, they they had these young guys that were hungry. And that's I think what what changed too is you got a, a lot of older veterans that were just trying to especially like the Aldridge, the Blake Griffin. Um I think uh who was the it, other it one that became, came? 
it just became like a landing spot for for yeah. almost washed up guys ring chasing. And like you don't want good on, I mean fair enough. Like when you when you have players like those three together, um you're going to have guys who come through ring chasing, but it's like man did it kind of suck that it cost us. You know, we had this all this high level talent, but at what cost? What did it cost us? And it was everything that the Nets had really worked for. And the the, the best way to describe what Sean Marks did that I ever heard was he was working really hard. He was doing the the offer sheets. He was signing guys at value, rebuilding their their stock, and then he took a shortcut. Yeah, I think the the, the James Harden trade was the one that that Kanda was the beginning to the end because you had young hungry guys. You had two vets that were you know that, that were established as the the guys. And then um, you gave away a few young players, and then um, you gave away a few first round picks too. Um, after after this year, they got a few first round picks back, but like giving, I think it was three first round picks to Houston um, is is tough to do. Yeah, and that's tough, especially for that to then turn into you know our return on that Harden trade, who you know wanted to come to the Nets to play with those guys. Um, because he didn't want to have to carry the load anymore. Uh, he then turned into – him and Paul Millsap turned into uh, Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons, who is at this point a roster anchor. He's on a max contract. Uh, you heard Jacques Vaughn talk about it when he said, you know, what do you do? Do you put him with a big? Then you can't space the floor. Do you put him with a – do you have him handling the ball? Then you lose out on rebounding. What What do you do? Do you put him with a guard? Do you put him with a big? What do you do? And – there's this anchor at this point and it's almost like the guy doesn't want to rebuild his value or be a good ball player. He's more than happy just going out and enjoying the New York fucking nightlife. Yeah. I'm not sure with what's, what's going to happen with him. I know they said they were going to shop in the off season. It was, it was a tough spot. Like they thought, Hey, we get him uh, here from Philly. We can resurrect his career too, because they've, they've had a track record of doing that. Um, I think they're in a good spot though. I think Jacques Vaughn's a, a great coach. I mean, he's, he's taken over the reins a couple times. Um, when coaches got fired and finally he's getting his opportunity and he's been extended. So that's awesome. Um, I think he's the guy to take over and, um, and uh, lead these guys. I mean, yeah, Ben Simmons is going to uh, probably be somebody who shopped in the off season. Uh, Seth Curry is going to leave. Um, Andre Drummond's already gone. So that, that was the other piece there was the, the Andre Drummond who I would have loved to have seen come back. I love Drummond's play. The guy is a nightly double, double guy. And he can dish. Yeah, he, I, I he's, a, he's a. Go ahead. I was gonna say he 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 might have been a better um, player on this year's team now that that Durant and Irving are gone. Um, I'm not sure. He just never he never really fit with the team that was last year. Um, he didn't get a lot of playoff time. It, I mean, obviously they they singled him out on defense is what they were saying. You know, he's not a good defender. So in the playoffs, he didn't get a lot of play time. Um. I think right now, if you were to um, group him up with Nick Claxton at the four, you, you're huge at that point. You can defend anything. At that point, if they single him out, they really have to work to do it. I, I would love. I hope. Um, I don't know what his contract is with the Bulls. Um, I don't think he signed for very much. I think it was only maybe five million or so. He's not it a wasn't a deal with the Bulls. Um, so I mean, it's it's potential they could try and you know bring him back, or maybe he gets cut, maybe he gets waived. Who knows? Maybe something happens. I want to see Andre Drummond come back. I think he's yeah, a very. I, I, I like his game a lot. I don't but, see it um, happening. I don't see I, it happening. I mean, I wish he could have just stayed this year. 
we don't we don't have we don't have that that big uh, body that's inside. But you know, uh, Claxton does a good job at rim protecting. Um, I mean, there's there's very few people around the league. I mean, you have your Joel and Beads, you have your Jokic, uh, the guys that can really bully you inside. Um, at that point, I guess you get like a DeAndre uh, Sharp inside. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Aaron Dayron, Dayron, Dayron Sharp. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's uh, he's got that hunger. Like when he's got the ball, he wants to do something with it. But he is still so raw. Yep, yep, definitely. That's where I feel like we missed a Jared Allen because I think he was bulking up. I think he's got the height. You know, he had the the rim awareness. I mean, obviously, Claxton's coming along too, but um, really could use that. And and maybe maybe we get maybe we get a big uh, body from the Kyrie trade or the Kevin Durant trade with one of those first round picks. Yeah, and and my uh, my thing with um, uh, my favorite thing about Jared Allen when he was here. Was it some? I read a tweet from somebody. I think it was just some random guy that said, "I, I guarantee you uh, that Jared Allen has a list on his fridge of all of like all time names that he's blocked because he stuffed LeBron." You know, I think LeBron's been LeBron's been blocked on like five dunks in his career, and one of them is Jared Allen. Yeah, I, I love that poster of him uh, blocking LeBron. It's pretty great. It was um, good. Um, but let's so let's, let's circle back here to the three guys of the most recent era here, um, Kyrie. He bitched and complained and opted out of his contract in Boston after saying, oh, I want to be the last one to wear number 11, then getting clowned by Enos Cantor. Let's not forget that. Pretty fucking funny looking back. Like at the time I was like, man, that's – I'm like, that's in bad taste. Now I'm like, that's pretty fucking funny. You know what? Yeah. Now being in their seat, it's pretty fucking funny. So uh, year one, no issues. He had the shoulder injury late in the first year that took him out for the remainder. Well, he, he – it was – he had it. So what happened was he, he started off the year – he had, I think it was five or six games of play. Then he started to have a shoulder issue, took a few games off, came back um, after a couple weeks off, and then played another few games. I think in total he only played 20 his first year um, because of the shoulder impingement. Um, but 20 out of 82 is not very good. No. I mean, year two is when we started to see some of the off-the-court issue stuff kind of start to pick up a little bit. Um, it, it's like the newness of being, oh, I'm here in Brooklyn – uh, it started to wear off for him, and he's like, "Well, I can go back on my bullshit," you know. Well, and also, I think the big thing with Kyrie is the first year was a wash, no matter what, because KD was coming back from the Achilles. Which right. that's another thing about getting the sign and trade for KD. You signed him to a four-year deal, knowing you're only getting three. And then it didn't and they did eventually get him on that extension, but you know he ended up requesting oh. out. Yeah, and and so you you were getting three. You were paying him for four years, getting three years of production, and then the last two years. Um, he's had an injury both years, so it's it's really right. it was really a, a tough one, especially with an aging KD. Um, it was imperative to get rid of him, right? Um, and then year three, he w- was year three COVID year. Uh, year three correctly? was COVID. Yeah, this is this yeah. is this is yeah. So and this is you know talking on Kyrie year three uh, when the NBA does finally resume, or no? Um, year two. Well, last- Last year was the one where they had the um, uh, restrictions, so he had to get the backs okay. or not play. And he so, didn't get the backs, so he didn't play uh, home then games. Year t- year two was bubble year? Year two was a playoff bubble year. Um, or no, year two was the year that um, that Katie stepped on the line. That was that was with James Harden. Okay, so year two was with James Harden. Yep. Uh, then I've just got – I've got an extra year in here, and that's my fault. Um, yeah, we only had him for four years. It was a three-year with a, a player option on the fourth. 
uh, for yes. both KD and Kyrie. They same they signed the same contract. So, and then you know, year three, it's uh, so year two bubble, year three part time for Vax, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. So first year was um, or first year was bubble because it ended up being Kyrie didn't come back at all, even after his shoulder impingement, and they came back in like June and July. Uh, yeah. Year two is the year uh, the Nets fell short in the playoffs after they traded for Josh uh, James Harden. Um, Katie stepped on the line, went to overtime, lost in overtime to the eventual champs. Uh, year three is vaccine year. They got swept by Boston in the first round. Year four, blown up, gone. Yep. So, uh, yeah, year year four is like the biggest off the court issue. Year you've got the anti semitic, uh, an, the anti semitic either uh, post. It was a post. post. It was a retweet. Yes. Um, and then you know, uh, he there was also times where he just decided I'm going to take some time away for personal reasons, and he would just skip eight games. Yeah, that, like, was, uh, that was year. That was year two. Yeah, that that's where it really started to show itself. Yep, where he just like left the team, and that was not a COVID restriction year. That was that was before the COVID restrictions really hit, and uh, he he yeah he took he took uh, missed eight games because he was at like a, a relative's birthday party, um, and then you know it it just there's so many things with with Kyrie, and then when he he comes into year four expecting like a max contract, and uh, Joseph says like, like I'm good, we're we're gonna yeah. watch you play this one out. Right. And it's like you gave like 40% effort the first three years of your deal. Why the fuck should we give you a max extension? Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, I knew they were going to make him play it out this year. Um, but if you would have just kept clean and, and, you know, even made a run like winning a playoff series or two, if they would have won two playoff series, you know, he's getting that max deal. Him and KD are back for the next four years. But it, of course, he has the issue with the uh, retweet uh, and the post. And then um, they still are trying to work out a deal throughout the year. Obviously, uh, actually more recently, the Kyrie contract, they, they did offer him, but they offered him way lower than the max. So, like, he, he was like, I'm, I'm not going to take that. Like, I want a max deal. The thing you is, know, who's, who's, this guy, who's going to tie themselves to this guy at a max deal? Who the fuck is going to do it? I don't know. I mean, if, if, if it works out with him and, and uh, Luca in Dallas, I could see him doing it. But it just – it just doesn't seem because Luca's young. Like he's what, 25, 26 years old. He's going to be there for the next 10 to, you know, 12 years at, at peak performance as long as he doesn't get hurt. Um, so like he's, he's going to be there. You'll have Kyrie for the next, say, six, seven years if, if he stays healthy and doesn't uh, act up. So I could see them doing that where they have their big two. And then, you know, you know, Mark Cuban just wants the championship. You know, he's got, he had one with, with Dirk. And I, I can see him doing that. I can see him lining up with Kyrie because he's kind of he kind of acts like a tough guy too. So maybe he sits Kyrie down and says, "Hey, this is this is what I expect," you know. And yeah, if he yeah. agrees, we'll see. I mean, I don't. I'm glad it's not a problem anymore. Yeah, and like here's the thing: I wanted to believe when Kyrie came to Brooklyn that it's like, hey, he's got his guy. He's with his buddy. He's gonna clean his shit up. Hell yeah, yeah. He's, he should be happy now. But it didn't fucking matter. It didn't matter. They gave him and KD the fucking reins to the franchise. Yep. And they still weren't happy. Well, Kyrie wasn't happy. I honestly I, I kind of absolved KD of a lot of this. Was, I think 
Katie just wants to play basketball. I think he, did. he just wants to play basketball. He wants to win. And James Harden came out after the fact and said, you know, how was I the crazy one? I saw the stuff in the locker room. You know, uh, obviously Kyrie's not – he's not dedicated to win. Basically is why, is why Harden left. And I think that, that Katie the whole time was just saying, hey, let's just get out there and play ball and win. And I think James Harden had that same mentality. But when Katie kept getting hurt, he's like, I don't want to be the man. I now, like see, that's basically why I forced my way out of Houston. I don't want to be the man. I want to like I want to help shoulder there. I want to be part of shouldering the load, but I don't want to be the guy holding the load. Now, here's the deal. I think that Harden is Kyrie with better press and less off-court stuff. I yeah, think their yeah. I think their mentalities are very similar. Um, Me first guy. I don't, very, I don't think I don't know if I agree with that. Like I want to argue about this a little bit guy. because, like, I think Harden. If Harden had have stayed, right? If Harden had have stayed, and the Nets then trade Kyrie and Katie, then that following off season, we're still in a much better place. I mean, yeah, yeah you end up having uh, James Harden kind of being the guy again. But here's the thing: he was, you know, when we traded for James Harden, he was seen as the piece to guarantee the championship. Grand injuries in the playoffs yeah. kind of dicked that. Uh, I was super excited when when Harden came to Brooklyn. I he was probably my favorite piece of those three to come and here's my issue when it comes to abandoning teams and just saying fuck you i'm out i don't want to do this um you know he quit on the court in fucking sacramento so, yeah he um, definitely did um but here's the thing so he was in okc with a big three didn't have to be the guy right but no he wants yeah, to go he, to he wants to he wants to leave and go to houston uh, so he, he can he be actually, the guy. He actually did force his way out of there. He was the sixth man, and uh, OKC uh, let him go because they had Russell Westbrook and KD to pay, and they couldn't really afford three max contracts. And And James Harden was definitely going to get it because he was the sixth man of the year multiple times, and he really should have been a starter, but the way OKC used him was like he's your star right off the bench. Like a right. So So here's the thing. He leaves OKC so he can, you know, go get paid. That's fine. I'm, I'm more than fine with these guys leaving to get their bag. But, like, he goes to Houston to be the guy. And they, he knew that when he went there. He was going to be the guy. And then he gets tired of being the guy. I'm, I'm tired. Trade me. And, and just tanking on the court as, as, and in response to not being traded. So well, they finally actually, trade him. Well, he wasn't – he didn't actually – he was – he wasn't even uh... – he wasn't even, yeah, he wasn't given any effort that last year, but he had led the team. I mean, he had MVP season in there. Exactly. Like he had his MVP season and stuff like that, but he decided he no longer wanted to be the guy in Houston. And he, and he just gave no fucking effort on the floor, which in my opinion is as bad, if not worse than off court issues is long. If you're still just giving it, you're all on the court. That's the most important thing to me. But when, you just say, fuck you, I want to leave. And he's done it twice, twice on the court has quit. Right? You know, demanded his way out of out of Brooklyn, who traded him to Philly. God only fucking knows why they traded him to a team that they have to play so frequently. I don't understand that. I mean No, I think I think the biggest thing was they were willing to give up the the Seth Curry for two years, the Drummond. The first round, I think they gave him either it's a it's a first round swap and a first round, or it's like two years of first round swaps. Which I've got it. going to help him. Uh, and then, I've got it was Harden and Millsap for Simmons, Seth Curry, Drummond, and uh, two first round picks. One unprotected, 
um, for this year, last year, um, and then an, an, a protected one in 2027. Um, yeah, so like I mean, they're still good. They got a couple first rounders, but they, in their minds, they said, "Hey, this Ben Simmons guy, he's an all star when he's out there playing." But something happened from the time he sat out a whole year to this year because he doesn't look anything like the guy that was an all star for two, three years. No, he doesn't look years. like the guy that I was yelling at on the TV when I watched him and uh, Dudley get into it. He's not that guy anymore. No, he's it's it's weird because a couple times, like they talked about. How in the playoff series when he was with Philly, he was under the basket and didn't pass it out. Or he did pass it out instead of shooting it when he had an open layup. He did that a couple times this year already where he was under the basket. You got to remind himself – he has to remind himself he's 6'10", just jump up and dunk it. Exactly. Like uh, what was it? Uh, I remember your old buddy Derek Rogers one day saying – it was to a different player, but you're 6'10". Get on your fucking tippy toes and dunk it. That's right. I think we were playing 2K in the basement that day, but uh, same thing. Exactly. You're six fucking ten with a mile-long wingspan. Get on your tiptoes and dunk the fucking ball. I mean, and, and, and obviously Jacques Vaughn's told him, uh, hey, be more aggressive or we're going to sit you in the fourth quarter because it's happened multiple times. He's been interviewed about it. He goes, it's up to coach. That's coach's decision. And then he's also said, you know, I need to be more aggressive and then I will, I'll be on the floor. So I tell you what. I tell you what. Tail end of this season, if you get Ben Simmons to crank you out a couple 15.10 assists, 15.10 rebounds, some shit like that, you can punt him in the offseason and not have to add value in that trade. No, he he just needs to be somewhat like he was before to have any value because the problem is he is nothing like it. He's he's averaging six, seven points a game, you know, five, six assists and five or six rebounds. That's terrible. I tell you what, right now is the time to just start in my, I mean, I'm not the best uh, basketball mind out there, but if you want to add his value, start him at the one for a series of games, let him distribute, you know, basically put it on him. Be like, Hey, we're going to start you at the one. You're going to handle the ball. You're going to, you're going to do what you need to do. And if you show that you're good, we can get you to somewhere where you're going to be happier. Cause it's very obvious. That I don't think he's fucking happy in New York. I think he's happy being in New York, but not in Brooklyn. I don't think he's happy in that, in, in this. Uh, no, I just, I, I don't think he's, he's still not confident. Um, and the, the biggest problem for him is he can't shoot. He's a terrible free throw shooter. So I think one of the other things is I don't think he wants to shoot when he's on the inside. Cause he feels like he's going to get fouled and they go to the free throw line and miss some free throws. Like, like, like you can't shoot the mid range. You can't shoot the mid range. You can't shoot free throws. No. If they keep him this off season, they need to just be like, "Here you go. Here's a shooting coach. You're gonna live with him for the fucking winter for the fucking summer. You're gonna figure out how to make a 15 footer. It's all he's got to do. It's all he's got to do. If he can just make that mid range shot, you set him up at the top of the key. You run him like Jokic, like a poor man's Jokic, just like uh, Andre Drummond. All you got to do is knock down a mid range two at like a. 40% 40% clip and they'll respect it. Well, after they traded for him, he sat down with Kyle Corver, who was one of their shooting coaches for the uh, last three months of the season. And here he is. So Holy I don't know shit. if it's ever going to come. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to come. Uh, obviously. I don't know. He, he, he I, claims it, the- it doesn't make sense that a player in the NBA at the top level, I understand that some guys can't do it. You know, if, if their whole thing is rebounding and, you know, finishing at the rim. 
that's fine. But those guys can make free throws at at least a 70% clip. Uh, ben Simmons, you can't shoot the mid-range and you can't shoot free throws. What the fuck can you do? Not a lot. Hold down that uh, $40 million on the bench. Oh, my God. So, in the, in the end, the, 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 the Nets definitely lost this trade. They, they got fleeced like, in no, the end of it, yes. There's no way. There's, I mean, because because the last you saw Ben Simmons, he was still Ben Simmons. He, I mean, yeah, he was he was averaging ten to fifteen a game, knocking down eight assists, rebounds, the whole thing. But the problem was he had his um, uh, his mental issues, and uh, he obviously has lost a lot of confidence in himself, and he's afraid. Basically, um, you know, it, you, you can't always see it on the outside, but obviously on the inside, he's afraid, and the the Nets. Definitely got set back. Not maybe not quite as bad as the the first round picks for for Joe Johnson and Kevin Garnett and all those guys who ended up becoming the Celtics of this year, uh, becoming Jason Tatum, becoming you know Jalen Brown. Those are our picks. Those are our guys. That's who we got traded for in the last one. So hopefully in uh, this one uh, we can we can spin it again, um, and uh, and maybe we can get rid of Ben Simmons. Yeah, hopefully uh, come the offseason, we find a way to either get rid of this guy or he's, you know, by re- he's rebuilt some value. I don't see it happening. He hasn't looked good all year. The guy's a max contract player who, at best, is a minor role player. Um, the, the worst part about his his contract is it's not like a Russell Westbrook where it's expiring or somebody will trade to, to buy out. He's, he's under contract for three more years. Uh so it's this year uh, and two, two more. more. Yeah. Yeah. So people are – I don't know how many people are going to be interested even in giving you a bag of chips for that, especially at $37 million for like a a player that's probably going to give you about $6 million in value. I tell you what, if there is a, a savvy GM out there, you might be able to find one of those ones. If you're willing to attach like a first and a second to them, who were, will eat it. You know what I mean? Like you know, ship them off to whatever bottom feeder – who just needs draft capital right now to just be better. Because the Nets, you know? Yeah, I could definitely see him trading him plus a first round or like two first rounds for like a role player, to be honest with you, because that gives him a chance to go out and sign a guy. Because then like in the offseason when, you know, the free agency class comes around, um, they can go out and get a guy with $37 million in cap space. But um, – but they would definitely have to package some of those picks in there, either either a first and a second plus him, and then you might get you know like an an eighth you know depth guy, like a guy that's maybe eighth in your rotation. I don't even care. I, I really don't care what we get back for him. Um, no, as long as we don't have to give up that much to get rid of him. Well, the the one thing about all these trades, so obviously KD, Kyrie, and Harden have all been uh, traded away. Um, the one good thing is that we do have a lot of draft capital back for those, but then we also still got players that can compete on the the court. Spencer Dinwiddie's a good player, you know. Cam Johnson's a good shooter. Um, Mikael Bridges is a good player. And that's what Dorian. I wanted to get back around to was like you know comparatively to the end of the last superstar era for the Nets, you know, the end of the the KG yeah. Paul Pierce time. We're in so much of a better spot to just get back around. Like we're still going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, we're, we're almost guaranteed to, I mean, we're all but guaranteed to make the play in, right? We're yep. 10 games up on, on missing the play in. So yeah, there's 24, 25 games to go, something like that. Um, 
so I, I think, you know, having a shot to be in the playoffs, it's all they have to do is go like 500, you know? Yeah, they have. I mean, they have good players on the that are on the court, and definitely they can compete. And they're all young. Like the oldest guy, I think, on the team is uh, is it is it Dinwiddie? Is he twenty nine? Yeah, mean, they, they, um, that's the cool thing is they have a core with uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson. I mean, Cam Johnson's only under contract for this year, but he's going to be a restricted free agent. I think that should be a priority to keep him around because they're going to lose Joe Harris after next year because they're definitely not going to keep him around. Um, and then Dinwiddie's under contract for two more years. So, like, uh, they have such a good core, plus all these picks. I mean, they're definitely better than the well being dry after the 2016-17 season. After yeah. that season, we were left to dead. There was there was nobody on the roster. They were all, like, retired or bought out. So, going off that, um, the, uh, the Nets have an issue. Uh, Cam Johnson wanted a contract that was almost dollar for dollar exactly to Joe Harris's. And it pains me to say it, but I think Joe Harris is I tell you what, Joe Harris might be that piece to add value to send, you know, Joe Harris in a second with Ben Simmons to get him off the payroll. And if you do that though, look at what you can do. Cause you're, you can then re-sign Cam Johnson who wants to stay here. I promise you he does him and Mikhail Bridges, good friends. Um, they chose uh, number one and number two to be thing one and thing two. So, and we want Cam Johnson to stay. So I think what you probably end up seeing is a deal involving Joe Harris and Ben Simmons. Just, you know, and hey, and here's Joe. He's back to shooting well. And, but you got to take, you know, or maybe it's a three team deal in that case. Some team that's like, hey, we'll take this. Uh, some teams like, hey, we want Joe. And then they give draft capital to the team that takes Ben. It's probably what's going to happen. Definitely, definitely, that would be good because that's almost fifty-four million dollars in in the next two years that they would be getting rid of. Uh, I mean, yeah, Harris is only under contract through next year. I mean, Simmons is under contract for this year and then two more. So, I mean, if they do that and they package a, a pick or two with it, um, that that opens it up wide for for a big splash free agent too. Because exactly. I mean, you think about it, how many players around the league are making $37 million? Not that many. So you're talking about an elite player to come sign with the Nets to be part of that. I mean, I don't know if you really want to get a polarizing character like you did with the Kevin Durant, James Harden, or Kyrie, but there there is space out there or to get two or three guys, you know, that could play a role in this, um, to play a role with this team moving forward. And Sean Marks, I believe in him. He is, he has turned, you know, water into wine, man like dust into gold with, with some of the things that he's made. I mean, yes, the, the big, the big three has been an epic failure. Um, obviously that's what this topic is, but the fact is he owned up to the mistake and he, he dished off Harden, got a pick, got a couple players, dished off KD, dished off Kyrie. I mean, obviously it's easy when those guys are, are um, big names like that. A lot of people are going to give up some things, but Kyrie was the big one. I think he definitely pulled a rabbit out of a hat by getting a first-round pick and Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith for Kyrie, who's been nothing but trouble. So you're ready for this. Um, If we're looking at some of the guys available this year uh, in the 2023 um, free agent class, as much as it would kind of piss me off, James Harden's out there. There's your primary ball handler. 
you then slide, you know, um, Dinwiddie back to that six-man role like he used to play with the Nets. And you've got a guy who can distribute, who doesn't want to shoulder the load. And you've got Mikhail Bridges, who really wants that expanded role and opportunity. I, I think that bridge is kind of sailed, though, or that boat's kind of sailed with Harden. I think he wants to just play around big names. That's why he likes playing, you know, with with Joe, Joel Embiid. Um, you know, they have they have a really good roster on their hands, and I think that's all he wants to do. I don't think he wants to be on like I don't really call it a rebuilding team, but I would definitely say a team that's not looked at as like a contender every year. I agree. Um... It's. I mean, but he's a name. He's a name out there. I he's, got you. He's a name that's that's out there for this upcoming year. Uh, you've got Chris Stapps. You know, uh, he's a guy who can space the floor. He can at least hit you that deep too. Oh man, that would be a fantastic pickup. I, I you know, I know he's like his injury problems, but man, a seven footer that can shoot the three like anybody else. You know, if he can stay healthy, plus he, he started here in New York. Uh, why wouldn't he want to come back? Yeah, I mean, he's twenty seven years old. Um, and here's the thing. He's on a player option, so if he declines that to leave uh, Washington, which wouldn't surprise me in the least because Washington, either everyone's going to opt in or, ever, or most guys going to opt out. I feel like it's kind of how it is. Uh, either they're in on whatever they have going on down there or they're out. So um, they, they, they just have not figured it out, and they've, and they've had key players. I mean, they had Beal for, what, five years? Like He's been uh, there his whole career. Yeah. John Wall was there with Beal. John Wall. Then they had Westbrook. You know, it's just like it's just like they just can't figure it out down there in Washington. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and I mean, in my opinion, I think that a guy like Chris Stapps is probably, in my opinion, I think that's like the dream is that we offload Ben and get Chris Stapps. That's my. Oh yeah. That, that in my opinion, yeah. is the dream. It's crazy because you'd be trading the complete opposites. You get one guy that can't shoot at all, but he's he's really tall and can't shoot free throws. And then all of a sudden, you get a guy that's seven foot tall that can shoot the three, can has great moves, like he can shoot, like he can create his own shot, and then shoots great free throws. I yep. mean, neither like, but the only thing you are trading is that Ben Simmons can play defense, but if he's not on the court because he can't play offense. Then he's yeah. worthless. Because the thing is, the Nets are now a very much um, switchy team, big, long team. Because you got you look at uh, Dor- uh, DFS, big time uh, defense defensive guy, long arms. Uh, Nick Claxton in the talks for def- defensive player of the year. Now you play. Now here's the thing: you play. Uh, you play a starting five of uh, Dinwiddie. Um, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Nick Claxton, and Chris Stapps. That's a pretty good starting five. It is. I mean, I like I like what they have right now with um, with uh, Royce O'Neal. I feel like he was such a cool pick. Like people are like first rounder for this guy that's averaging seven points, and all of a sudden he looks like a, a glue guy. You know, yeah. he's 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 a guy that plays uh, gives a lot of effort, plays a little bit of defense. I wouldn't say he's a defensive specialist, but he can shoot. Like when he gets on, man, he's on. And the, the Nets is a team. The team identity right now is three and D. And yep. if you can, if you know what, if there's a hole to be had, I would say putting Kristaps Porzingis on the floor as your defensive hole is fine. If you're pairing him with Nick Claxton, but at that point you yeah. need another big who can eat minutes at the five. 
Yeah, I mean, I would. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold my breath for Kristaps uh, Porzingis to come to New York again. But um, it is fun. It's definitely. It's definitely a fun uh, topic. Uh, maybe for another time. Um, maybe after the season when free agents are all. You know, it's all said and done, and free agents are um, are starting to be listed. And but uh, yeah, I mean, I think overall, the the big three was an epic failure. But the pieces coming out of it do not leave us dead to rights like no. they did five yeah. years ago. Absolutely. The Nets are in so much of a better place than they were the after the last one. And granted, you know, that's because Sean Marks, I think, is a good GM. Um, you know, some people say that Sean Marks and Josai have no direction for the team. I really think they do. Um, they have all the wings in the world. They have guys who can play defense. They All they really need is a little bit of offensive creativity, and I think you're, con- you're competing for the East. The East isn't strong right now. And, and the other thing is, you're going to have Jock Vaughn in an offseason um, without without two two player coaches, uh, as as we, they tried to be throughout their in the last four years. Um, he's going to have a full offseason with the core of his guys all back. Um, I think I think that Sean Marks is going to is going to make something happen. I mean, he'll get creative, like you said. He might have to add Joe Harrison to it or make it a three team deal. Um, he'll get rid of that Simmons contract. Um, if they want to, if he doesn't show any improvement, like if he's still the same guy, somebody will take him. I mean, I know that Detroit makes really bad basketball decisions, so maybe uh, maybe, they, maybe they'd <laughs> yeah. like to uh, take his contract. Well, uh, in, yeah, give Ryan him. a call. Give, give Ryan a call. See, see our, Ryan's our, uh, our our Pistons fan buddy. Uh, give him a call. See if he would see if his if he'd be happy if his team took on Ben Simmons. You guys will, you guys will take Cade Cunningham off our hands for Ben Simmons. You got it, and we'll send you a first round pick. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the type of trades I feel like Detroit always ends up doing. God, they like the the Pistons and the Lions are just you know one for one on shitty uh, player personnel and just performance. Hey, that's, that's off topic, but the Lions made it turn a corner this year. I will say, I, I think they, they did turn a corner this year. Off topic, but yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, so you know, it's I, I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see what the offseason holds because, like, here's the thing. Playoffs for us, as a fan who wants to see success, I would love for us to make a run. I don't think we're – I don't think we make the conference finals. If we do, fucking wild. Yeah, I think I think this team, the way it's created, is maybe a first or second round team. I, don't, I think if they win the first round, that'll be fantastic. But after that, I just don't think – I think – like you said, like a, getting a Porzingis or somebody and and subtracting a Simmons would be really good. Signing a, a Cam Johnson long term to to pair with a Dinwiddie and Finney Smith and Mikel Bridges would be huge because it would give you a core four that would really you know lead you to the next you know chapter. Um, but I will say this: um, if if you want to start wrapping this up, I just want to say that and no. Uh, urgent future do i want to see another big three in brooklyn because only only the early 2000s big three really worked out the last two have been epic busts yeah and but here's the thing i think mikhail bridges can play with anybody because he is such a versatile player guy can create his own oh, shot he's able to pass and seen him. he's a star i mean I think honestly the- i think he was a star in the waiting uh and from what i've what i've heard is that suns fans were gutted when they heard that he left yeah, I, th- I mean, I th- to be honest with you, before this even happened, um, I didn't even think anything about Kyrie getting 
uh, traded for Dinwiddie, which like obviously one of my favorite players in the league. For him to come back, I was like, wow, this is so perfect. Like, you know, it stinks you're not going to see Kyrie doing his his thing on the court with his handles and his creativity and playmaking. But like to bring back, you know, base, basically a homegrown guy in Dinwiddie, uh, I really liked. But then I said, you know what? If they're going to trade KD to the Suns, this is what I want. I really wanted Aiton, which they didn't get. But I said, which they I couldn't. Don't... They would have had to have gotten rid of uh, Ben because of some odd rule involving. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't understand. I thought, I, thought, I thought after January like twenty seventh, he was able to to be traded to the same team as him. But either way, so I wanted him. So obviously, we couldn't get Aiton. That's fine. Um, but then I said I would like Mikel Bridges. I would like Cam Johnson. That was the three I wanted, and we got two out of the three plus four first round picks. So I mean. I honestly think they kind of stole from the uh, the Suns because in the end, KD's worst uh, or the the thing that was worst about KD for the last four years is his availability. I mean, when he was on the court, he was great, but the problem is he missed a full year, and then he had a pretty clean year his second year, and then he got hurt last year with the knee, and this year with the knee. So we've basically not really seen a lot of KD. And, and compare that to Brooklyn Bridges. You know, Brooklyn, uh, Bridges. yeah, Mika- Mikhail Bridges hadn't missed a game in 300 games. I love it. That's awesome. And the thing is, he's young. He's an East Coast guy. You know, the other night he went for 45 points. I mean, it's 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 insane. I'm, I'm excited about it. And, and you kind of have your face for the franchise going forward for the next three years. I like him a lot. He seems like a much more team-oriented guy. And, yeah. and granted, KD is a self-oriented guy. And that's that's okay. A guy at that talent level almost has to be. You yeah, and it's, it's weird. It's weird because you, you you got him and you have, like I said, Cam Johnson, Dimity. These guys are all young and hungry. Like none of them have really won anything. So in, in the fact that they're selfless, I mean, I think this is going to be huge moving forward because you replace two me guys with multiple, you know, we guys. I agree 100%. And like people saying like, oh, this, this superstar era, it ends in a complete and utter failure and oh, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, as Nets fans, no, it's not. It really didn't end that badly. Uh, it could have ended much worse. You could have had all these pieces walk in free agency like we did last time. So as a Nets fan, I'm am I sad we didn't get to eat to like an Easter conference final, find a lot of playoff success? Yes. I'm a little bummed about that. I, I really thought we were going to get that. But in terms of what is in the future now, as we pivot that way after, you know, the KD Kyrie era, I think that pivot and how we're looking at the future is amazing. I think it's really going, I don't think the turnaround's going to be all that long. No, I mean, I think they can compete. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, uh, who knows if what happens if they get swept in the first round or even if they compete and, and lose. But I think next year is going to be a huge year. Young core players, bunch of picks. Um, you know, you got Jacques Vaughn coming back for a second year. And he actually, he's extended until I think 26, 27 or something like that. Yes, so he, that was know, recent. Yes. He's going to be your, he's going to be your guy. And you have, you know, four or five players that are going to be with you for the next you know, two to three years, which is huge, especially Absolutely. for a coach like him who's trying to create an identity. Yeah. Um, so I think it's looking pretty good for the Nets in terms of this year on forward. So, and with yeah, that, I think we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. A final thought here. I just think, I mean, we, we went from having a guy who's 
who's 30, 31 years old in Kyrie, a guy who's 33, you know, turning 34 in in KD, and a guy who's 33 in James Harden. And we just went super young. And now we've got guys, you know, into their, you know, you got a couple guys like Claxton and um, Cam Thomas who are, you know, 22, 23 years old. And then you have a a bunch of guys in their mid to, you know, later 20s. So you got real young real fast. Yeah, they they kind of almost – in terms of a path, they were on a path of culture, youth, and you know growth, right? They detoured off on superstars, and they detoured back to youth, upside, growth. Like they they came right back to the main path, which is can't hate it. I'm very excited. I'm very excited, and like I said, um, you, you couldn't have traded for for a better couple guys, you know, and especially that ones that are that are under contract. That's a big deal too, because you had Kyrie with an expiring contract. He said he was going to walk in free agency, anyways. Exactly. So, but uh, with that, now with this time, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know in the reviews, the uh, comments, different places. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on all of it. Um, you can find the link to the Beacons page. We can find everything where all the different uh, where all the different platforms the podcast is hosted at. Um, thank you again. Uh, and B-Dubs, play us out.